Welcome to the Lemper Report Live. On today's broadcast, we ask if fresh food can be the answer to food as medicine, a fall trend that needs to, frankly, go away. Yet another diet with a twist, how Instagram has evolved, and a new report on teens and social media. On the bullseye, we take a look at Campbell's latest product introduction. Is it a hit or a miss? Let's get started. So Sally, this weekend um, is a very special day for food. Tell us about it. It is, Phil. Um, this weekend is World Food Day, which is an international day celebrated every year on October 16th, and it commemorates the founding of the United Nations Food and Agricultural Organization, which was founded in 1945. Now, the goal of this event is simply to raise awareness around hunger, which is affecting millions of people globally that don't have access to healthy food. The United Nations Food and Agricultural Organization reports that enough food is grown and made to feed the world, but still so many people are left behind. So this year's theme centers around the concept that our actions are our future, which I love that. Um, we've recently seen with the efforts of the White House Conference on Hunger, Nutrition and Health, uh, the call to build a sustainable world where everyone counts and everyone is equal and, and we prior prioritize nutrition. So we strongly urge um, businesses and the government to work together to build more sustainable systems, increase availability and affordability of nutritious food, limit and redirect waste and invest in their employees. And you can visit the Food and Agricultural Organization's website for a, a bunch of different ways that you can help take action. And also, I'm very happy that you brought up the White House, because over the weekend, I was just reading everything in depth. And there's so many great companies, retailers, CPG companies, organizations that have really committed uh, to feeding the hungry, whether it's through food banks or on their own. And it's a great initiative. And I just hope uh, that we can keep this going. And, you know, there's a lot of momentum. So what we need to do is just continuing it, folks. Uh, let's not forget that they convened once and not do it for another 50 years. Uh, let's keep it going. Uh, so first up, um, along that line, uh, Deloitte um, has just produced a new survey. And I love this survey, uh, or report, not a survey, sorry, that really talks about how stress of shopping has jumped due to inflation. In fact, what they're saying and showing is that 53% of us are concerned over rising food prices. Uh, they break it down to a lot of different categories, a lot of different demographics of, of consumers. Uh, but bottom line is 84% of us consider health and wellness when purchasing fresh food. Three and four are actively seeking more personalized nutrition. Now that's up 13 percentage points, which is great, over last year, and 55% of consumers say they're willing to pay a premium for the right foods because they contribute to their health and wellness. Now, that last stat, that 55%, um, to be honest with you, I think that in today's environment with food inflation, that's probably a little higher. Um, you know, I think people always answer these surveys based on what they'd like people to think that they're going to do uh, versus what they actually do. Uh, but still, all indications from this Deloitte survey is very positive. 
Yes, and you know, I agree with you. I think I think that when you know people when people are asked, they really want to be mindful of what they eat, and they want to buy those healthier foods and those foods that are better for the environment. But when it all comes down to it, it's price. It's what they can afford. And so I think once again, you know, we've said it many times. It's really important to get our retail dietitians involved and our retailers involved in helping our shoppers find a way to buy affordable, healthy food. We can talk about what's in season and how to use that. Um, we can also talk about a great point that was brought up in this study that um, frozen foods have seen double the price inflation, even, even though they started at a lower price point than fresh foods, but consumers are starting to notice that that is, that is going up more. So directing them towards those fresh fruits and vegetables and what is affordable right now and what they can make with it. Yeah, I think that's important. Uh, they also found that 15% of us are now reducing our online shopping to avoid paying related fees. I think that that's conservative. I think that I'm seeing a lot more people um, move away from online to avoid, you know, it's not only the delivery fee, but then you're forced to tip, then you've got to, you know, do all this other stuff and you're not really able to look around in, in the store itself for what those bargains are. Um, Again, as it relates to health, 78% of people are saying the right foods can help keep me healthy and prevent me from suffering certain health problems. And, you know, when we see those surveys, to your point about retail dietitians, the problem is that a lot of people just don't know what to do. They don't know what to eat. And sometimes in that retail environment, they're embarrassed, they're afraid, you know, they just... Um, they just don't know what to do. So, you know, this Deloitte study is definitely worth everybody taking a look at it. It's one of the best studies that I've seen on this whole food as medicine concept that's out there. So, you know, every retailer who's watching, get a hold of this study. It's online. There's no cost to it. And it really is going to shape the future. Uh, shaping the future, it's, you know, fall. And at fall, we love our pumpkin pies. We unfortunately like pumpkin spice. And um, there's a couple brands that we've got to call out here. Um, Tyson, one of America's greatest companies, greatest food companies, and I mean that very seriously, has introduced spooky nuggets. Now, these are the same scrumptious, their word, not mine, chicken nugget recipe that fans know and love. It's a limited edition Halloween nugget that comes in three shapes, pumpkins, bats, and ghost. It's made with 100% white meat chicken. Um, it's only available for a limited time. It is so limited. It's only till October 14th. So you only got a couple days. And here's what I don't understand, Sally. The only way you can get these, you can't get them in a store. You've got to go on their Instagram account. You've got to make a comment, like it. It's a sweepstakes. And with all this PR, all this money, all this effort to make these things, um, you know, and when you change a, a product line to be able to make a chicken nugget in the shape of a bat, that's a big deal. That's expensive. They're only giving away 250 bags of this. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Yes, it seems like a missed opportunity to me because I think about, you know, my kids are a little bit older now, but I think about when they were 
they were younger, you know, this would have been a very exciting product for me to get and bring home for them. And, you know, if you're only offering this on Instagram, we have to think about the fact that Instagram is, you know, I think you have to be 13 or 14 to be on Instagram. And little kids that are going to like these kinds of nuggets are not on Instagram. So you're relying on the adults, the parents to um, enter the sweepstakes. And it just seems like a real missed opportunity to me. Absolutely. Tyson, good idea. Lousy execution. Talking about lousy executions, uh, hefty. You know, the people that make trash bags have made for a limited edition uh, trash bags that smell like pumpkin spice. I don't get it. First of all, I don't like pumpkin. I, I do love pumpkin pie. I love pumpkin pie. But again, this is not available in the stores. You've got to go to heftypumpkinspice.com and you can purchase your own limited edition trash bags. But Sally, you gave me you know, uh, a heads up that they're not available anymore. They're sold out according to the website I looked this morning. So it must be very popular. You know, maybe people like to um, fill those trash bags with leaves and decorate their yards and make it smell like pumpkin spice for Halloween. <laughs> Seriously, or, or they're going to buy them and then sell them on eBay uh, for, for twice the price because there's enough nuts out there who want a pumpkin spice hefty bag. Uh, what can I tell you? Um, when we talk about trends, food trends are important. They keep on evolving. They keep on getting better. And then the latest food trend as it relates to health and nutrition is called the complete food category. Tell us what that means and what it's about and should we really care? Yeah, well, this is this is a this is an interesting concept that we've seen going on for a while. You know, we've talked about um, so Soylent, which is the drink yep. that replaces meals that's been around for a while. Um, there's one right now called Huel that is doing this, and and the idea is that you have one food that offers you all of the nutrients you need. Um, this is popular in the sports nutrition industry. Um, it is expected to continue to grow um, quite a bit into, into 2028. I find it, I, I find this trend really hard to wrap my mind around because I think ultimately people want to eat and taste food. And um, when we are looking at replacing our meals with a shake, a, a drink that gives us all of the nutrients, um, I don't think that that's necessarily sustainable for people. You know, even if they're trying to lose weight, they're trying to get more vitamins, you know, eventually they're just going to want to eat some real food. <laughs> yeah. And also let's not forget about the whole social experience where, you know, you're sitting around the dining room table with your family, you're talking, hopefully people are not on their, you know, iPhones texting. Um, and, and what you're really doing is you're, you know, using a meal as a way to, you know, generate conversation and, and relationships and things like that. Um, and versus just having a shake, you know, chugging it down in like, 10 seconds and getting on, you know, we, we know for years, um, and this goes back to the 1950s, that people, you know, were always looking to get all of our nutrients, you know, as easily as possible so that we could live forever, but we forget about the social aspect of food. And, you know, I think that's, that's a shame that, that we're doing that. 
And even if we look in social media and we talk about, you know, the social trends, look at how, how food and pictures of food have driven Instagram um, to the heights that it has. But now there's a change even on Instagram that we're moving away from these, you know, very well staged produced photos um, that, that people would spend 10, 15 minutes, you know, in a restaurant staging everything perfectly to now being, you know, much more casual, much more natural as it relates to our Instagram food photos. And it seems to be working and, you know, a major shift here. Yes, we are not seeing as many of those perfectly staged photos, or we're not seeing those accounts getting as many likes and followers. There is a more casual vibe. It's more of a photo dump of you making the food, um, including, you know, how your kitchen gets messy, how you get messy. Um, this this is, seems to be very much in line with a social tr media trend that is growing right now among our young, younger generation called Be Real. And we've talked about Be Real before. You know, the difference in this platform is that, you know, I'm not posing for a picture. I'm just taking a picture of what I am right now in this moment. And so this, this whole new casual vibe, I think we're seeing it in fashion as well right now, is, um, is really interesting. So maybe we don't have to work so hard at making those pictures look perfect. Yeah, and not only working so hard, but but putting on a facade of ourselves, whether it's through the food, whether it's through fashion, of who I really am, uh, versus just taking a picture. And if you look at the stats, um, again, there, there's this new report that just came out about teens and social media, and what we've seen from 2014 to 2022 is Facebook has dropped from 71% of teens using Facebook down to 32%. Um, Instagram up 52% to 62%. Uh, TikTok 67%. But can you guess what the number one social media outlet is for teens? What's that? It is YouTube. You know, we've, we've long talked about YouTube being the new search engine and how powerful it is. And, you know, there's, there's no question that whether you be teens or baby boomers or anything in between, you know, more people are gravitating towards TikTok. But when I read this study, what, what I really worried about is, and we don't know if this is going to happen or not, but Elon Musk um, with this whole Twitter phenomenon, and if in fact he does buy it, in 2014, 33% of teens used Twitter. Now in 2022, it's down to 23%. So I'm just wondering how teens, and you know, you could ask Eli and, and Rosalie how how they feel or what they think about Elon Musk. You know, is is this going to bring back? you know, teens to, to Twitter, um, or is it just, you know, a, another flash in the pan here? <laughs> well, it will be interesting to see, you know, the, the, the Twitter, the Twitter app, um, 
is isn't in my opinion much of a rival to TikTok or YouTube where kids right. are really enjoying the video aspect of it. And you know, it's funny bringing up Facebook and and the drop in interest with younger people on Facebook. You know, my kids will say things to me like, "Oh, mom, are you are you a Facebook mom?" You know, they think it's <laughs> they think it's for old people and yeah. it's not interesting to them. But you know, they do they want to see those they want to see those quick videos and um, they want to be entertained. And I'm not sure that even though Elon Musk is kind of a, a superhero to younger kids for his inventions and his ideas, um, the platform of Twitter um, doesn't really have what TikTok and YouTube have. No, and, and especially when we look at food, um, for example, I mean, some of the food videos that are on TikTok um, are exceptional and, and YouTube as well. But when I look at these food influencers on TikTok, it blows me away. They're mm -hmm. creative, they're fun, there's mm -hmm. new ideas all the time. And um, yeah, uh, I'll bet you that, you know, TikTok is going to continue to become even more important with this generation and every generation. So on today's Bullseye, Campbell Soup is debuting Flavor Up. Now this is a concentrated flavor additive for use in proteins, grains, or vegetables. The flavoring squeeze bottles come in three flavors, rich garlic and herb, savory mushroom and herb, and caramelized onion and burgundy wine. Linda Lee, Chief Marketing Officer of Campbell Soup's U.S. Meals and Beverage Division, told Grocery Drive, and I'll quote, we've seen at-home cooking occasions continue to stay above pre-pandemic levels while Americans' lives continue to get busier all the time. Well, Maybe what she isn't thinking about is the price of food and inflation. Of course, more people are eating at home. You go to a restaurant and the prices are through the roof. So what Flavor Up is, according to the company, is the newest way to cook up concentrated flavor with just a squeeze while elevating meals quickly and affordably. Campbell's is hoping that Flavor Up will be placed near herbs and spices in stores, marking Campbell's first venture into the seasoning aisle and providing it with further brand exposure beyond its customary categories. No, wait. Campbell's also had a major disaster the last time they tried this with their line of fresh chef soups and salads. They didn't understand refrigerated distribution. Their sales force, frankly, didn't know the dairy buyers where they wanted this product line to be placed. Why is this different? Oh yeah, and then there was the reality that the consumer was a bit confused as why they were paying a lot more for refrigerated soups that had a shelf life of, if I remember this correctly, six months. And then there was the whole issue of what their salads tasted like. Wasn't the best coleslaw I ever tried. And they also included a line of sauces. Maybe that's the inspiration for Flavor Up? I hope not. You know the canned soup aisle very well, Campbell's. Stay there. The company says that Flavor Up is designed to target busy millennials who, quote unquote, enjoy restaurant quality meals, but are time starved in meal prep. Really? The last survey I said uh, showed that millennials love to cook. And they were very concerned about the cost of foods these days. I've not tried flavor up, so I want to be as fair as possible. And for Campbell's sake, I hope the ingredients are clean and the flavor's fantastic. But my advice, stick to what you know, product and distribution wise, and focus on your core business. 
hey, your reformulation of potato soup is just one example, maybe because of the cost of ingredients and you don't want to raise prices, but the label now shows water as the first ingredient in potato soup. For decades, the first ingredient was, oh, surprise, potato. Not a good move. Shoppers notice these things. You now just made our list of the top 10 skimflation brands. Thanks for joining us today on supermarketguru.com are all our archives on the Lemper Report Live. There's transcripts there as well. And I hope you'll go to our social media channels and post your point of view as well. Thanks for joining us.